spreading Cajun across the nation, pushing the brand across the land. Welcome to Ragin' Review, made by the fans for the fans. Cajun Nation, welcome to Region Review. It's bowl week. It's almost Christmas time. A lot of festive energy in the air. Once again, welcome to Region Review. Matt Miguez, joined by Jerry Abair and Josh Jagno. Gentlemen, the New Orleans Bowl is four days away. An 8-15 kickoff on ESPN between the 12 and 1 Ragin' Cajuns and the 7-5 and five Thundering Herd of Marshall. Um, you know, we, we've had our, our thoughts about this game not being the game that the Cajuns ultimately deserved. You know, this, that, and the other. But on paper, looking at the game itself, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts? What do you think about Marshall? Um, what do you think about the coaching staff that has kind of been talked about being assembled for this bowl game? You know, let's just have a quick discussion on uh, on that topic. Well, I don't think a lot of people are super excited. And hello, Matt. Thanks for asking. Um, I don't think, I mean, take the name out of it. Take, take marshall out of it just say we're playing our 12 and one second ranked g5 team in the country is playing a third place conference usa team in the new orleans bowl Mm, doesn't really move the needle let's just be honest we've already kind of talked about that but um as far as the game itself i think that uh, i think we're a better team by far i don't think it's close no disrespect to marshall Uh, i just the body of work is what it is uh, Wes Neighbors is going to be our defensive coordinator. Our defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Tim's going to be offensive coordinator, and Mike's going to call the game. I don't think that. Uh, I don't think a lot of things are going to change. I think that we'll see some different players play. For you know, lots of different reasons, but it's exciting to see what we're going to bring to the dome on Saturday. I guess. I mean, at the end of the day, Mike Desermo is going to coach's first game as the head, the head coach of the Raging Cajuns. That is exciting. Uh, but, but as far as on the field, man, I, I, my excitement, my excitement levels, maybe uh, six out of 10. Love to watch the Cajuns play. This, this game doesn't do a whole lot for me. I hope we win, but I'm not, I'm not jumping out of my seat. That's the truth. Uh, maybe Jerry is, has some more, uh, an excitable response. I, I just, not thrilled, be honest. I just want to win. Yeah, I'm, I'm – what's up, guys? Uh, Matt, Josh. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited at the fact that we get to play another game. Um, you know, this season has been the best season we've ever had. And so it's going to be – it's going to be sad to see it come to an end. But I'm also anticipating um, to see what this coaching staff can do over the past few weeks. Um, there's been a lot of changes. There's been a lot of uh, move, moving parts. A lot has happened since the championship game with the change of a coaching regime. And we've got signing day in the early signing day period tomorrow um, through the weekend. And so 
I'm curious to see how how the team reacts to all of it. Uh, I know Coach Coach Dez was on the radio the other day talking about how the players are they, they want to finish strong. Um, as far as fan expectations or anticipation for this game, again, I, I said it last week. I get it, right? Team is top twenty program, top twenty five all three polls, and you're playing a seven and five Marshall team. Now, on the other hand, maybe it's just me being a college football fan, but I like playing a team with a brand, um, and, and Marshall has that brand. I think the, the the toughest part about it, though, is it's almost bittersweet. It's like a catch-22. I'm excited to play a team like Marshall that has a history, even though I wish they would have been a little bit better this year. But another thing that, that sticks out to me is I see it's bittersweet because they're going to be a conference foe next year, or as early as you know July 1st, 2022, depending on the moving parts of whether or not the four teams want to move to the Sun Belt sooner than later. Uh, I think the expected date was 23, but now there's talks of them moving quicker. So the same team we were playing on Saturday for the chance to hoist up the New Orleans Bowl trophy, we may, we may be playing them next year as a conference matchup. So I understand it. I understand. Look, I know there's some fans, you got one half that are like quit complaining and be happy. And then you got other fans that are like, look, we deserve better. I understand both sides. All I know is we have a game on Saturday and we have a chance to make history we have a chance to win 13 games, which we've never done before. Uh, we have a chance to finish strong in the top 25, which we did last year. But when we get to do it with, a, I guess you could say, a full, a full season this year. And also, we get to see what Coach, Coach Mike can do in his debut start. So, you know, if, if we can win this game. Oh, and by the way, you win this game uh, and Cincinnati loses, you're going to have the longest active win streak going into the offseason, which is very important. And that's huge for recruiting. That's great. That's, that's something to that's something to brag about. It's something to be proud of as a Cajuns fan, having the longest, the, the country's longest win streak. I, mean, I never would have imagined that as, as a lifelong Cajun fan. So there's some things that I, I, I wish could be a little bit better, but at the same time, we still get to play. We still get to play in the postseason. There's almost 70 teams in America that, that can't say that. So, you know, just finish strong, win the game on Saturday, hoist up that New Orleans Bowl trophy, finish in the top 25, and go into a strong offseason with some momentum. And by the way, I don't want to sound like a spoiled fan. I'm happy to be playing in a bowl game. I said that last week. However, relative to the accomplishments that this team garnered this year, it is a letdown. That's, that's my, my take as a fan on this one. Uh, Jerry, just to, I hate to burst your bubble here, but there's only about 46 teams that don't get to say that they played in the postseason. Man, they're adding bowls every year. Man. There are like there are forty there are forty two bowl games. Man, five years so, ago it was like seventy. Now now they just keep increasing the bowls. I forget. I know it's a good catch. I there's, forgot. There's forty two bowl games, so there are eighty four bowl eligible teams. They actually added a bowl game. So this year there were eighty four bowl eligible teams, but only forty one bowl games. So two bowl eligible teams weren't going to make a bowl, you know, how it was back in the day. You know how many times the Cajuns finished six and six and didn't get to play in a bowl game. Um, But no, now what they did is they decided to make another bowl game so that everybody had the opportunity to play. Don't you love participation trophies? So now... In January, we will have the Frisco Football Classic. They couldn't even put a sponsor on it. That's how new it was. Anyways, 
So yeah, the New Orleans Bowl, December 18th, the, the teams, both teams arrived to New Orleans today to begin uh, bowl festivities. Um, I, I think one night they're going to have like a parade. Uh, I know one night they're they're probably going to have a team event at Dave and Buster's right there by the Superdome, uh, among a multitude of other things. But um, yeah, man, you know, Des, Des getting to coach his first game, that's exciting. Uh, I, I do agree with some people that the New Orleans Bowl might be a little bit of a letdown, but like um, like we said in the last episode, it's just the contract we're in. Love it or hate it, it's just the nature of the beast. That's the way it is. Uh, if we win six games for the next four years, we're going to play in the New Orleans Bowl for four straight years. So get used to it. Um, National Signing Day is tomorrow, uh, December the 15th, through Friday the 17th. Uh, you know, realistically, guys, what's what's expectations for, for Dez's first signing class only having nine days to be the head coach? I, I'm going to use a, a Tony Robichaux quote uh, that he when he would go on the mound, when a pitcher would give up one too many hits or one too many base runners, Minimize the damage. I think in this particular case, when you have a, a coaching change, you're going to have, you're going to obviously have commits that are going to leave because they were recruited by a group of people that are no longer there. I think if, if Mike can go in and convince them that we're going to continue the process and continue the trend that we, that, that was left off when Billy left, I think that that'll help if we can keep those guys around because you know, it will be business as usual, I think. I mean, that was the main selling point for allowing Mike to become the head coach. So if he can convince those players that we're still in the same shape we're in as we were a few weeks ago before Billy went to Florida, I think I think they'll have players that stay on board. Um, I think it's it's tough because there's still a lot of wait and see with the coaching staff. There's a lot of wait and see with, you know, how the process is going to work starting in January. But we still have the facilities. We're still riding off this, this level of success. So I think a lot of these players are still going to want to be a part of that. So I'm hoping by tomorrow or by the weekend, these players still understand that even though we have a new coach, the, the culture is still going to stay the same or try to remain the same and be as close as possible to what it was um, just a few weeks ago when we played for the championship. So I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm optimistic. I am optimistic. I'm a little hesitant, but I think these players are going to stay on board and, and hopefully um, they'll add, they'll contribute and add in, add in, uh, add their talents to, to our roster. And, and look, coach and coach Mike already said it. He said, we, we already have a pretty full roster. That's why our signing class is so small this period. So that also helps as well. Um, but, but it's a wait and see. And I think Saturday, I think Saturday, uh, for the for the signing day in February, I think Saturday is going to be a big litmus test as well for some of these uh, commits who may who may want to sign in February too. So Saturday is going to be a big test to see perception wise uh, where this program is and where this program is headed. That's actually something I wanted to add uh, last last uh, topic we talked about with the New Orleans Bowl. It is an important game for this coaching staff. You have to win this game convincingly. You have to win and show these recruits that we didn't lose a step or miss a beat since we've lost, uh, lost our head coach to Florida. Um, that is a good, a good moment and a good opportunity for us 
to to show that we're we're still standing here. We're still here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this weekend. But I, I do expect, um, like I said, as long as he he minimizes the damage where we don't lose enough guys, I, I think we'll be fine. It's a good point about the game. Uh, I do agree that it's going to have some sort of ramification on who decides to stay. Um, you know, it's already been said that we should expect more players to sign in February than this early signing period in December. So if we do only bring in five, six, seven kids, I don't think we should freak out. They, they're already planning on that. You know, you lost a head coach, you lost some recognizable assistants, and you lost a bunch of support system or support coaches that were really great recruiters for this program. It, it shouldn't shock anybody that we're going to lose a few names. However, we've already been successful in flipping a kid from Tech to UL just today, uh, Lorenzel Dubose. Uh, one of the top corners in the state of Louisiana this year, this signing period. Um, I think that, well, another name everybody's high on, obviously, is Zeon Chris. He's supposedly still in the boat. So that's another name. You know, these quarterbacks are going to be highly sought after. If we can hold on to a guy like him, that should tell you how strong uh, our relationship is with this particular class. So, look. I agree with Jerry win the win the bowl game. And that probably will help a lot in February, but I just want everybody out there not to freak out. If we don't bring in eight, nine, 10 kids in this early signing period. In fact, I don't really think that was the plan to begin with. I think that the seven number was the number they were looking for. And like you said, the roster is already pretty filled. It'll be interesting to see how the next few weeks go after the bowl game, win or lose, because we're still going to be backfilling jobs and we're going to get new recruiters on the road. So that's going to be interesting. And none of us really know what way Mike's going to go with those hires, but uh, yeah, I think we'll be fine. We're in such a, a successful situation over the last few years that yeah, losing Billy is important, obviously, but there's still some glare on the program right now. There's still some, some, some success that is it's going to carry over when you walk into mom and dad's living room and you say, Hey, I would like your son to come and play for me. That brand is more recognizable than ever. And it's, it's associated with success. So we'll see, but I'm cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic is probably a good way to put it. That's probably the way that I would go. Um, Again, you know, I said it when we talked about Des getting hired, nobody needs to freak out. If we have a down year, year one, probably wouldn't come as a surprise to people that are realistic um expectations for a first year head coach are never high and they never should be that's the year where he learns the ropes figures it out right um so yeah i mean if if we can put together a solid start to the recruiting class here here in december and then use january to you know, build the rest of the class for signing day in February. I think that's the goal right now. Uh, besides winning the New Orleans Bowl, of course. But we'll take a break right here and we come back. We will talk men's basketball. They got a big showdown tonight with Houston. We'll talk about women's basketball, who was also in the Lone Star State over the weekend. All that and so much more. Rage interview right back after this.
Chris Russo of Russo Exploration encourages you to donate to the Raging Cajun Athletic Foundation. The RCAF, the official fundraising arm of Louisiana Athletics, supports over 400 student-athletes across 16 NCAA sports. You can invest in the RCAF today for as little as $5 a month. Just go to myrcaf.org to get started or call 337-851-RCAF. As always, donations to the RCAF are tax-deductible. Your investment today will enrich the lives of every athlete that puts on the vermilion and white. Go Cajuns! Schilling Distributing Company, Acadiana's top alcohol distributor for over 70 years, has been a proud supporter of Louisiana athletics for many of those years. Now, they've kindly decided to become the exclusive distributing sponsor of the Ragin' Review podcast. This is just another chapter in Schilling Distributing's rich history of giving back to the Lafayette community. Starting as an Anheuser-Busch exclusive distributor, they're now expanded to include local brews for your sipping pleasure. Schilling services over 1,500 local businesses throughout the Acadiana area, employing 160 Ragin' Cajun residents, and they boast over 1,400 years of combined experience. Corporately headquartered right here in Lafayette at 2901 Moss Street, Schilling Distributing encourages Cajun Nation to enjoy their beverages responsibly and reminds you to download the Liquid Finder app today. Acadiana business owners, are you looking for custom solutions from local professionals that understand your business needs? Maybe you're looking to streamline your processes, become more efficient, and achieve elevated peace of mind? Utilizing and combined 30 years of experience in the financial and technology fields, the Vaulted Security Team is ready to assist you with reaching your goals. From credit card processing, internet and phone services, website hosting and design, to hosted cloud, even digital marketing and recovery software, Vaulted Security can do it all. Here's a message from Solutions Specialist, Anna Bourgeois. Hi, I'm Anna Bourgeois, your Solutions Specialist, and it's my goal to understand how we can make your business run more efficiently while increasing profits. I'm very passionate about doing business genuinely. In the merchant services industry and other business areas, it's hard to find a partner that you can trust without question. I'm here to change that perception. Give me a chance to show you what true partnership is all about. Contact Anna today at 337-210-4272 or email Anna at Vaulted Security. Welcome back to Region Review. Matt Miguez, Jerry A. Bear, man about town, Josh Jagno. Let's go to the hardwood now. Let's talk some basketball. We'll start with the men. Big game tonight. Over in Houston, Texas, as the Cajuns, who currently sit five and four on the year, will play the number 14 team in the country in the Houston Cougars. Seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. Uh, the Cougars come into this game eight and two on the year. Marcus Sasser is their leading scorer, 18.4 points per game. 45% from the field, 78% from the free throw line. The Cajuns combat that with Jordan Brown's 14.2, 48%, and 63.9 from the line. According to Vegas, they have Houston minus 23 with an over-under of 139.5. 
And according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, Louisiana has a 1.8% chance of being victorious in this game. Jerry Bear. What you thinking? I'm going to lob up. I'm going to once again give my two cents. I think this is one of those segments where I can speak my piece and then lob up a softball, a soft pitch, slow pitch to, to our boy Josh. So, first of all, I don't like losing to Louisiana Tech. I don't care if it's badminton. I don't care if it's rock, paper, scissors. I don't care if it's tic-tac-toe. Football, basketball, baseball, softball. You're up nine points in the first half in Ruston, and you let you let them make adjustments, and you can't adjust. You start missing wide-open shots. You're not getting the rebounds. Every time you do get a rebound, you couldn't make an tra- offensive transition and, and score on the other end. And it was just it was a it was a bad loss, um, you know. And I know we want to talk about injuries again. Well, this guy's out. That guy's out. Look, you have a bench that was good enough to win that game the other day. When you jump to a nine-point lead, you have a team that's deep enough to win that game. It's it's frustrating to me because we have we're good enough to beat the Southland schools. You know, we could beat UNO. We can run away with Magnese. But when you start playing teams more on your level, Marshall, Louisiana Tech, you, you can, we can't compete. We can't compete. And so tonight. And I know we're pre-recording before the game, but by the time people listen to this pod, we might have lost that game by 25 points. Might have. From what I've seen. Might have. From what I've seen so far. Oh, Jerry Bear, you're too kind. Now you're I hope, kind. now I hope that when you're listening to this pod, everybody can point and laugh at me for making a, a terrible prediction. But by the time, by the time our viewers or our listeners listen. We probably would have lost that game by at least twenty. So, because we're not we're not competing against Houston, I just don't see it. It's not happening. I want to make my two cents. No, I want want to make my two cents about. I want to say my two cents about the Louisiana Tech game. Then I've got a wager, a friendly wager to place on the game tonight. And then Jerry, I'll let you lob up your softball to to man about town. You can't beat anybody when you have one guy on your roster score 30 of your 69 points. You just can't. You're not going to win games that way. Especially, let's see, you had nine guys play. So eight guys combined for 39. One guy had 30. Law of averages, just it doesn't work in your favor at that point. Also, do... Where was everybody else? Dugay, Where was everybody else? Dugay only played nine minutes. What the hell is that? Hmm. What the hell is that? One of, our, one of our big men that we were so high on going into the season. Um. Secondly, I, I, I hate to do this, but I'll give Tech credit. They're a good basketball team. They are. They're well-coached. They're well-conditioned. Uh, Kenneth Lawton Jr., a.k.a. Zion 2.0, is Well-conditioned? They had one guy that was like 375 pounds. He's 275. And he's a fucking man-child. Sorry. He's a man-child. He was huffing and puffing pretty good. 
Not the point. Continue, please. Well, he was huffing and puffing and blowing our house down. That's for sure. The way he was playing. We couldn't stop him. We had no answer for him. I mean, we held him to four points in the first half, but man, in the second half, I mean, he finished the game with 17 and 10. Okay. So once again, we can't make second half adjustments. We can't adjust. Happened against Marshall. Happened against Tech. Happened against Jackson State. We can't make second half adjustments. I mean, what? what? It's not hard to it's not hard to play bully ball against a bunch of softies on the inside. All he did was put his head down and run through people. I mean, it wasn't hard to do. No, no. That guy's a basketball player, though, and I would take him on our team because he knows the game. Sure. So I'm just going to apologize for my for my f word there. That was a. I was in the heat of the moment, so my my apologies there. But no, let's make a let's make a friendly wager on. I didn't get the memo. Are we not saying the f word anymore? We're trying to not. Yeah, we're trying. We we're trying more popular. We should we're, be. We're, do, we we're trying. Be to, we're trying to be clean representatives of the world. Um, okay. All right, I can work on mine. Okay. So I'm going to make a friendly little wager on on this game tonight. So 1.8 percent chance. Cajuns plus 23. If the Cajuns beat Houston, I will buy a platter of Raisin Cane's chicken and drop it off at the Cajun Dome. That's... I, I will I, I will take a platter of raisin cane chicken and I will drop it off at the Cajun Dome for the players if they beat Houston. Bob Bob can throw his Bob can throw his chicken finger party. You're not gonna give them some points. They have to win the game. Yeah, no. I mean, well, I don't know, Josh. You're the you're the betting mind. What do you what do you, what do you think? Well, Vegas has us. Vegas has us as plus twenty three. Plus twenty three. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, I give them, I'd give them ten. They have to win by ten. No, they have to lose by less than ten. Oh, or no. ten or less. No, 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 no. No chicken, chicken fingers are a reward around here. Damn it! <laughs> we have a standard. You win the game for chicken. There's no moral victories for chicken fingers. No way. Uh Uh-uh. No. Now, French fries, Texas toast. Okay, whatever. Win by, lose by 10. Chicken (laughs) fingers. That's a trophy, damn it. That is a God-given right. If they lose lose by 10 or less, they get no slaw extra fries. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Matt has spoken. No, the, the, the bet's one-dimensional. Win the game, get chicken. Lose the game, Sometimes you got you to gotta laugh to keep from crying, right? I mean, that's <laughs> where we're at. And we're totally joking because yeah. I just don't see we're, it happening. We're, we're, I'm, not, I, I'm not buying chicken for anybody. No, no. <laughs> I'm not buying no, chicken for anybody. No, Go win no. the damn game is what you're supposed to do. We, we yeah. oh, wait. No I already, we, we already We already gifted you with a scholarship. Paracha. Go win the game. Yeah, scholarship, well, control, cost, control cost of attendance, cost well, of attendance. Well, I mean, right. Uh, obviously, not every guy on the team is a walk-on, Josh. I mean, every just, guy's on scholarship. I get that. Just, just busting your balls, man. 
But Jesus Christ, dude. Anyway, so so here's here's the lob soft the, the lot softball to Josh. I'm just gonna yeah, say it like come this. on. The expect the expectation is there's no, we're not we're not playing for moral victories. The team the team's expected to win tonight. I don't care what where, where Houston's ranked. I don't care about the injuries. We've been talking about how deep we are, how talented we are. Go play the game, see what happens, and and come home. Try to come home a winner. That's all I gotta say. Josh, the floor is yours, man. What you gotta say about our basketball program? Well, well, for, Matt started this with tonight. We have a big game. Is it a big game? I don't think it's a big game. I mean, it's a big game if you win it. Well, I thought Louisiana Tech was much bigger of a game because they're a rival. In basketball, they're absolutely a rival for us. We just came off of a home loss to Jackson State, which, you know, at one point we were told winning on the road was basically impossible. So we just lost at home to Jackson State. And uh, then we went to La Tech and got beaten. I thought that game was way bigger than this. This is a, a team that's ranked and it's a good non-conference opponent. But for where we are in the season, we're not going to get an at-large bid to the tournament. We're not going to flirt with a good seed, even if we were to win the league, because the, the league is not very good. So I don't, I don't think it's a big game. I think it's a game that if you win, it's nice for your program, obviously, and I want to always win. But I'm not going to sit here and give myself any type of expectation to win. I mean, you got to be kidding me. We could, for a half of basketball, McNeese was as good as we were. You know, that's the truth. We blew them out in the second half, but just to say for, for you know, 30 minutes or for 20 minutes, they were just as good as we were. Uh, that should never happen. Uh, what the hell happened to all of the talent and all of the excitement and, you know, people were saying things about making the tournament and, where did all this, what, what happened? I thought, I mean, they had us fooled with the propaganda, man. Here's another thing. They keep talking about guard play and how we don't have a point guard and AU's hurt. AU was hurt last year. Why didn't you go out and get a point guard? That's an issue that you needed to address in the offseason. Why, why, isn't, why isn't there another point guard on this roster? These are all questions that need answered. You know, I know that Brown was a McDonald's All-American and everything. I don't think the guy's a bum. But that guy can't carry a team by himself. He's just not that kind of player. I think he's a nice complimentary piece and would be great if we had some good guard play to go along. But we don't. We need somebody with toughness in the paint. We we don't have it. Theo, Theo Kuba is close. But he doesn't play with the physicality that a guy with his size should play with. He also is a turnover machine, just like Duguay, who's also very athletic and talented. But he's like, his ratio to turnover is, you know, assist to turnover is like two to one. It's insane. What are we averaging as far as turnovers in a game? It's got to be more than 20. So I'm going to look that up because I'm very curious to, to know that. Um we had a stretch of like four games in a row where we were 24 plus or 23 plus turnovers. I yeah, mean, that's, that's you can't win games like that. That's been the story of Bob Marlin's career, Josh. Well, that's where I was going with it. It seems like we never have a point guard to run the team. We never have spacing on the floor. We never good play, play, play good perimeter defense, and we never close out games. The team's also the free throw shooting is in the tank. Also, it's like 64 percent. Assist, well, that, again, that's another norm. Bob Marlin staple. Um, and so, 
I'm saying all these things to say, and I know you're going to do a little research there, Matt. There's a, there's a reason why I got pissed on Saturday and tweeted out fire Marlon. Now shouldn't have done that. And we went ahead and addressed that for everybody who listens and follows on Twitter. But I, I, I have been very kid gloves with Marlon. I haven't been too vocal, even though I've, I've been in the camp where I thought that we had an issue, but I haven't, I haven't crushed the guy. We're, we're in year 12 and we have the same team that we always have. Something has got to change. You know, we, we've, we've turned over some assistance. We've got a, a brand new roster again this year with the exception of a few players. It, you can't tell me that we don't have the talent on this roster to win basketball games. You can't tell me that we should be losing to Jackson state in the Cajun dome with that roster. I don't care if a, uh, if a AU is injured. I don't care if we have a few bangs and bruises. You show me a, a team in America that doesn't have a few bangs and bruises, 10 games in the season. It, it doesn't exist, but that's always an excuse. There's always somebody banged up or somebody that has the flu or somebody that has a stomach ache or somebody that has two blown knees out. You know, they told us that Kobe Julian has returned to glory. He's back. He's back over the last three games. I think he's shooting like 12%. I mean, the guy can't throw it in the ocean right now. Oh, good God. Okay. Um, it's worse than you thought, isn't it? Oh my God. It's, it's downright uh, abysmal might even be putting it nicely. Um, now, so when, while you're reading these stats, think in your mind. Think of the schedule that we've played. I'm looking at the team statistic assist turnover ratio. Mm-hmm. So in nine games, we have 109 assists and 148 turnovers. Oh, my Which God. is an assist turnover ratio of 0.74. That is good. For number 317th nationally. In the country. And um, how many programs are 330? 350. 350. Um, that's that's and, really bad. And to make, to make, to make, wait, 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 I'm not done. I'm not done. To make matters worse, the only two teams in the state worse than us. McNeese and Grambling. I mean, the numbers don't lie. Are, are those nine games all D1 games? Um, no. West, West Florida was not a D1 game. and um, But they included the stats, I guess, correct. is what I'm asking. Yeah. So we, they, they included the powder puffs that we played in those stats. Two non-D1s. Two non-D1s. So seven D1 is, games. That is sickening. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. And what are we, what are we shooting at the line, Matt? Um, I want to say it was see. 64% the last time I heard. I'll have to scroll because we're probably pretty low down there. Free throw percentage. And while you look it up, just to, to fill. Yeah, fill time, please. We have a ne- – our turnover ratio is upside down. I mean, that is even – that's way worse than I expected. And we, we, we've played two real basketball teams, Tech and Indiana. Well, three, Marshall. Throw Marshall in there. Even though they're, I mean, they're middle of the pack. We should have competed in that game. We should have won that game. We were up 12 at the half. But there's always an issue. There's I'm, always an dude, excuse. I'm telling you right now, being, being a basketball guy, the thing that I have been taught in basketball from day one, if you've got a 10-point lead on somebody at the half, no reason you should lose. Well, the, the, the quick correction, uh, Matt, sorry. They were up five, but... 
that doesn't change the fact that they 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 gave up a 20 point turnaround in the second half because they were beating us in the paint which is supposed to be our strength supposed to be our strength that's what we're told we're going to beat we're not in the paint yeah we're not doing anything in the paint shoot we missed 25 straight shots in the paint against indiana well all this hype all this hype about the big men we got three bigs three bigs three bigs i i've been scrolling for a while guys and this is this is why and i people get mad at me but i don't care this is why i talk about the damn propaganda i understand that you have to get people into the dome i understand that we're not a winning program so you have to take some some liberties with the truth. Okay. I understand that. Totally get it. But you can't have a propaganda mill. You can't play a non D one team or two non D one teams. And then post to your social sites that you're the number three defense in the country. That is, that is nothing short of embarrassing. And anybody that follows the team or knows anything about basketball will read that and laugh. I did. Are you kidding me? All right. So we are, 307th nationally in free throw percentage at 65.22%. 65.2. And that's including two non-D1 games. 120 of 184. So, and then scrolling scrolling further down the list, some notable names, Troy, Jackson State, uh, South Carolina, Houston. Houston's actually a worse free throw shooting team than we are. Wow. Uh, They're shooting 64.57% so far on the season. Uh, VCU, Murray State, Pitt, Texas A&M, App, uh, Nichols, Northwestern State, West Virginia, McNeese, USC, Boise State, Sam Houston. Problem is with, uh, with those is that some of those big names that you mentioned, they have the talent to overcome shooting 65%. And they, of the they also have a winning tradition. And they have a winning tradition, and they're not trying to put people in the stands. The only, people the only, go the to only winning, games. the only winning tradition that our basketball program has has been axed out of history. I thought we were ranked 18th in some poll to start the season. We were, Josh. It was the CollegeInsiderTournament.com mid-major poll, the toilet poll. Okay, because they're dumb and a propaganda mill, just like the guys inside the offices, because. So either somebody was fooled or they were really wrong or don't know shit about basketball. Look, here's the answer to every issue that we have here. here, Here's the reasoning why our guys can't make free throws. (laughs) That dude loves that. So I'm sorry. That's just there. You know, ever, ever since we had the conversation off the air about the Stephen A. Smith sound effects, I sit here and I listen to you guys talk. And there's all these questions that we ask that can just be answered with Stephen A. Smith going, he was on crack. You're right. It just just works. We talked about this. You know, Josh, you mentioned the propaganda machine. Look, man, just don't spin it. You know, I don't want to hear about injuries anymore. I mean, look, we have one or two guys out. Big deal. Every team goes through it. We've lost to teams. We have lost to teams with, with, without, you know, with, with two or three starters being out. So don't, don't feed me that. Like when I, I, I see what I see on TV, I see what I see on the court. That's not injuries. That's, that's, that's not, that's un, that's, that's players. That's undisciplined. Um, that's, Poorly that's coached and not skilled enough. You know, that that's a team that, that doesn't make adjustments. That's what I'm seeing so far, you know, and we keep talking about conference, conference, conference. 
if you've seen what this conference has done, you know, we have to go the first two games at app, the defending champions, and then coastal who spanked South Carolina. It's not going to get much easier in conference. You know, we're not playing Loyola, new Orleans. We're not playing Dillard. We're not playing Louisiana college or whatever their new name is. Right. Or centenary We're we're playing some good competition in the Sun Belt, and the Sun Belt's actually gotten better. So, I mean, look, it's one thing to get your, your, your players back before conference, but don't think because we're getting our players back for conference that it's going to be much easier because it actually will be pretty tough. Um, so you don't want to finish the year, or you don't want to – I mean, I think we're going to be, what, six and five? I, will, we'll, I don't think we'll beat Houston. We'll, we'll beat Loyola New Orleans, so we'll be six and five going into – the, the Christmas break and then conference starts. You're going to have to make a nice run in conference. If you want a nice record to end the year. And I'm not talking, you know, 15 and 13. No, 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 not with this team. That's not good enough. I'm talking, you know, if you want to win 20 games, you're going to have to go what that's 14 and four, maybe I think, or something like now, that. That is not going to happen. That's what I'm I saying. I, I don't see it. You can't, I know the Sun Belt is better, but you can't, you can't get much worse than what they have been the last few years. But there's no, it's just like we said, what's going to happen. We're going to, we're going to finish somewhere between third and fifth, you know, third and fifth seed in the tournament. And we'll lose, you know, we'll win the first game and lose the second, like we always do. But this is an honest to God opinion. I think that Bob and Mike Murphy missed their true calling. They missed their true calling. They should get out of basketball and go into crisis management. That's where they really should have been this whole time because they do such a great job of averting all of this horrible stuff and all these, you know, these injuries and all this stuff. I mean, these guys have been through the ringer. How could they, how could anybody ever manage all that stuff? They need to get into crisis management. That's what they should be doing. They really missed their true calling, but no, man, to go back to it, we should not be five and four right now. We should be going into Houston and our fan base should be excited because we have an opportunity to win. Instead, I would bet you 70% of this fan base doesn't even know we play today. Y'all think that that's out of out of line? No, I, I didn't. I didn't realize we played until I don't know three o'clock. No, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, or they're just apathetic and don't care. I mean, that's, that's just, what I'm. That's, that's what I'm talking about. The apathy you know, is at an all time high, and it's not their fault. You can't even get mad. They they the other the other part that's terrible about the propaganda. Okay, is that when you sell somebody a lie for so long, they they tune you out after a while. Even if this team were better than they were supposed to be, people would be like, yeah, but come on, really? How good are they? It's because yeah. they've been sold dog shit for all this, all these years. Well, you know, the, and then also too, I, I do want to say to the people who say, well, we've never had tradition and all this stuff. Look, football never had tradition either. And look at what we're doing there. So does that give us an excuse to not want to aim for, for higher goals? Because, oh, well, we've, We've cheated. Whenever we had tradition, we cheated. Okay, well, football never had tradition. Football never had, we never had tradition in football. And the four years we got caught doing some things we shouldn't have been doing during that 2011 to 2014 run. Not much history, right? Well, look at what we're doing now. One of the best G5 programs in America. So do, do, we, do we falter and say, oh, well, what was, what was me? We don't have tradition, so we're just going to be average. Or do we strive to be better? I'm sick and tired of hearing excuses of justifying mediocrity because we never had history. Football never had history either, okay? Football never had history either, and we're sitting here as a number 16th ranked team in America right now. So don't tell me it can't be done. 
You're not spinning that. Nobody's going to spin that to me. Okay. And I think I speak on behalf of a lot of fans who hear that as well. Oh yeah. And then the other thing they'll tell you is that, well, our league's just not good enough. Well, when, before Gonzaga became a thing, you know, 12, 13 years ago, they had one of the worst, they played in one of the worst leagues in America. Now the WCC is a lot better. Ali's not good enough, dude. That should be an open door for us to dominate. To dominate, yeah. We did Middle that, Tennessee a few invitation. years ago. Middle well, Tennessee the was the number 15 or 19 team in the country right out of the Sun Belt. It happened. Well, I'll, I'll go back to football. The Sun Belt West isn't the greatest, but we don't seem to have a problem winning it every year. Or do, or do we lower our expectations because, well, if they're not good, then we don't have to be good either. Is that the mindset we want to pursue in our programs? Absolutely not, but that is exactly what's going on in men's basketball. That's Do not why there's 300 people in the damn stands every time they open the doors. Again, as a fan, as a fan, I'm saying this as a fan, do not justify mediocrity to me, okay? We've got the facilities. We've got the money. We've got the resources. Heck, we've got the talent. we got a talented team. It's not, it's not like we don't have a bad team. We, we're just, we don't know what to do with it. And we're losing to Jackson State in front of 200 people. If, you, if you're going to sit here and say that's okay, then... It's not. I'm sorry. It's not. We've had 12 teams, you know, nine different rosters, 10 different rosters. We have the same problems in year 12 that we had in year one, that we had in year five, that we had in year nine. We have the same issues on the court. We can't shoot free throws. We can't defend the perimeter. We don't space the court. Um, and we're soft. And we're clumsy. We, we lose the ball. We turn the ball over. It's the same problems year in, year out. That is not on the players. That is on the person who brings the players to the program. I'm not, I'm not wrong on this. I wasn't wrong nine years ago. I wasn't wrong six years ago. It's the same shit all the time. That is indicative of one common denominator. Just saying. Man, y'all are hot and bothered. Y'all act like we got a struggling program or something. I wish more people were more hot and bothered about it because it's better than the silence that we hear. Because let me tell you, nobody's talking about basketball. The silence is even worse because that's where people just, they, that means it's like, it's like gambling, right? You cash out, you leave, you're not even there. Nobody, they, they, they've left. They, they've walked out the door. They're not even there anymore. You know, at least we're still here showing concern and saying there's something off about this whole thing. They, most of our fans are like, like you said, they don't even know we have a game tonight. Playing the, one of the best teams in the country, team went to the final four. Fans should be excited about that. There's most people like, well, let's get this over with. Right. Most people are saying, how about how we turn this into a drinking game? Every time Houston scores a layup, take a shot. I don't know. Jerry Bear. On a happier note, yes, sir. What you got for me, my man? Do you know what time it is? What time is it? Then I tell you what. Shall I? You shall. Man, I tell you what. It's the most wonderful time of the year. My inner Andy Williams. Dunna, yes. Dunna, dunna. There you go. It is the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, Christmas is coming. But there's one other thing to look forward to. Bowl season. A time when we can all watch the best of college football has to offer for two weeks while simultaneously celebrating the holidays with family and friends. But there's more to celebrate for Louisiana Raging Cajuns football. 
the possibility of history to be made. This coming Saturday, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns will be in New Orleans to take on the Marshall Thundering Herd in the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl at the Caesar Superdome. This will mark the first time the schools meet on the gridiron, but it won't be the last. There's a possibility that the process of Marshall joining the Sunbelt Conference may be expedited. Instead of the expected entrance in 2023, we may see our future conference foe as early as July 1st, 2022. I guess one can call this matchup a, I quote, preview of the new and improved Sunbelt Conference. One that can be a perfect competitive model of the group of five. But for now, it's all about winning that New Orleans Bowl trophy and making history. Upon the first conference championship since 1970, the Cajuns have a chance to extend their win streak to 13 straight, which would be a new school record. Right now, history is currently being made with 12 straight wins. But what's also significant is the fact that if the Cajuns win and Cincinnati loses to Alabama in the college football playoff, it will be the Cajuns with the current longest win streak in the nation going to going in to the eight-month offseason. Now, how about that? A team that once took seven full seasons to reach 13 wins from 1997 to 2003 can accomplish this feat in just one. And they can hopefully extend the streak into the early part of the 2022 season as the Cajuns open with three winnable games against Southeastern Louisiana, Eastern Michigan, and Rice. What a feat. Very impressive, to say the least. But what about another part of history this Saturday? How about the debut of our head coach, Mike Desermo? From wearing the number six as the Cajuns quarterback to currently roaming the sidelines, calling plays on his head headsets, it'll be a great moment seeing this man lead the Cajuns out of the tunnel for the first time. And what better way to make an entrance to his college head coaching career than center stage on national television to show the country that, yes, the culture lives on. I remember seeing Mike make his first real significant appearance as a Cajun 16 years ago, UCF 2005 at Cajun Field. I mentioned this game in this segment a few weeks back and how we came up just short, but it was the grit and high intensity that night that Mike showed as a young redshirt freshman that still sticks to this day. A show of potential for not only what he was capable of, but what the entire program was capable of. Refusing to back down, even if it meant going down with a fight. Showing what this program can do with just a few short breaks going our way. And 16 years later, we have come so far, finding that way to grind as a top 25 program to a 12-1 season, a conference championship, and a chance to win a bowl game for the third consecutive year in a row. You know, it's really amazing when you think about it, where we currently sit in the college football world. Once a bottom 10 ranking, now inching closer to a top 10 ranking. Once a team desperate for wins, now finding wins every week. Once a program stalled on the side of the road, now a program taking off on the runway at full throttle. Man, I tell you what, these past few years have been a blast in our program's history. As the story writes itself, we do close out chapter one, Billy Napier. We say thank you, Billy, for the good times, for laying the foundation of this football program. But this Saturday, we go to chapter two, Mike Desermo.
And we say, full steam ahead. Cajun Nation, we have only just begun. Now let's go in a bowl game. Go Cajuns. Then I tell you what. All right, so... Jerry, when do you when do you find the time to sit there and write that? Late at night when I'm about to go to bed, I just talk talk to text. Pretty much, unreal. Yeah, unreal. Um, let's see. This will be the last time we record before the New Orleans Bowl. So let's uh, let's go ahead and give our predictions. What's the line, by the way? Because we need to make a, a last a last uh, Let's game see. of the season pick. The line is Cajun six and a half, five and a half, five. So it's moving with an over okay. under of fifty five. Five and a half over under of fifty five. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go wild card here. I'm gonna say way over. 55 and a half. Way over. Really? Yeah. I see like a 31-38 game. Really? Absolutely. Wow. See, I was I was going in the opposite direction. I was seeing more of a 31-14. Cajuns just put the hammer on them kind of game. I would I would much rather I would much rather see a 38-31 game. That's more entertaining football. But yeah, I'm last, last game of the season, Marshall's going to pull some things uh out of the backside. Their their running back is something else. He's good. Uh they Man, put up is. points against a good App State defense. Uh they've they've played some good offensive games this year and uh, Wells is healthy. I think they're going to score more points than we think. Uh, yeah, but dude, you know the the thing about Grant Wells I've talked to a couple Marshall fans here in the last couple of weeks since they've announced their move to the Sun Belt. Dude, he's not, and and I've 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 seen him play. He's not all that they're cracking him up to be, and Mar- Marshall fans even say that he's not the quarterback that the media likes to say that he is. Uh, we'll find out. I I think the Cajuns still. I just think they're too much. I think they overpower Marshall. I, I like the Cajuns 31-21. I'll, I'll see it something like that. I think Marshall's going to give us a game in early in the first half. I just think we wear them down in the second half. Um, kind of the same way they, that App State did uh, earlier in the year. I do think Marshall has some good skill players, and I think they have a decent passing game with a decent rushing attack. I just think our defense, especially decent, our secondary, is going to be A decent rushing attack. A decent rushing attack. Rasheen Ali has almost 1,300 yards and 20 touchdowns on the season. Yeah, but you you forgot our fronts about our front seven too. I mean, uh, I I, I don't I don't doubt our front yeah. seven, but the kid still has 20 touchdowns. Um, like I said, we'll see. I think we'll see. I think that I think the Cajuns end up being up a few touchdowns late, and Marshall backdoor covers uh, are are in in the ballpark. Uh, but but still, I like the over. I think they're going to score points. I think we're going to try to score some points. I think Matt, Mike's got something to prove. I think Mike's got something to prove, man. Yeah, I, 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 I don't wanna, disagree. Look, I some, don't disagree. Some of these guys are never going to suit up again 
some of these guys are they're done with football forever. Uh, I think that Marshall's going to come out and put some trick plays in the bag, and I think the Cajuns have something to prove offensively. And Levi, you know, it's Levi's last go round. He's going to run the ball, and you know how dangerous we are when we run the ball. Yep. Yeah. I'm. Hey. Like I said, would I be surprised if it's a 38-31 game? No, I'd actually probably prefer that. Uh, that's good football. I just, I see we come out and dominate in the first half and let some let some young guys get some playing time in the second half. Prepare for the prepare for the future. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode of Rage and Review. Bowl game Saturday, December 18th, 8.15 p.m. ESPN from the Caesars Superdome. Men's basketball tonight against Houston. Women's basketball. Let me double check real quick. I do not want to. They play LSUS tomorrow morning, 11 a.m. ESPN Plus from the Cajun Dome. Yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of Rage and Review. Matt, Jerry, Josh, anybody traveling to New Orleans this weekend, enjoy the game. Be safe. Be well. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always...